0: It is race week again, and this week we get to hear the Dutch National Anthem twice!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matthew.
0: Uh, but in all seriousness, I am hyped to watch F1 racing again this weekend. Teams are ramping up to their final upgrades and have shifted their focus to their 2024 cars, so we discuss will the final 10 races give us a hint for the 2024 season. Before we fully leave summer break, we're going to take a look back at all the driver and team principal moves that happened last year because we're halfway through 2023 and we want to discuss were those choices the correct choices that all those teams made? We had a quiet, silly season this year and an explosive one last year. So there's a lot to discuss. And lastly, Nicole pays up after our first predictions challenge came to an end before summer break. She does our predictions for the Dutch GP while exercising. Plus, we set out new exciting stakes for our predictions for the remaining 10 races of the F1 season. That wraps up the Formation lap for episode 31 of Grip Walk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Follow, turn on auto-downloads, and leave us a review if you're listening on any audio platform, all things that greatly help
1: support the show. Cold and ground are lined up on the grid, it's lights out, and away we go on this week's grid But It's time for a Pirelli time graphic!
0: It is, because I know that summer break is over, and everyone's back at work, but there's been no news, and no leaks. The only team we know that's bringing upgrades for sure at the point of recording is Haas, So, there's really not a lot to discuss, but there's always a Pirelli tire graphic.
1: Yeah, it's been an incredibly quiet, silly season. It's been quiet on news. Everyone's behaving themselves relatively suddenly. I don't know what's happening, but thank goodness for Pirelli tire graphics.
0: Basically, Alpine fired everyone the Friday before summer break, and every other team went, we don't need to mess with that. Like, you guys do your thing, we'll figure it out. Like, let's all take summer.
1: (laughs) I thought we were going to have a podium of silly season moments, and we got nothing.
0: Nothing. I I, I do, the one thing I do trust in F1 is that when the floodgates open, it opens. So there's going to be one driver move, and then everything tumbles after that. But not every year can be like last year. I think we're looking for a lot of re-signings
1: this year. A lot of sit and waiting.
0: A lot of sit and waiting. Uh, But... Dutch GP. So this is what I call my most frustrating Grand Prix of the year. Um, I will throw out there that the organizers of the Dutch GP say they're actually gonna uh, punish people who use and bring flares. I don't know why my brain took a minute to process that. You saw the stalling in my brain. (laughs) Um, So we'll see if that happens. That will make me hate this track less just because they're unsafe and last year they decided to throw them at the drivers.
1: Um, I would be shocked. I I firmly believe that there's going to be a Verstappen crossing the finish line and suddenly a lot of orange smoke places because then it'll be done. But we'll see. But
0: that I'm okay with. What I'm not okay with is at the start of the race, during Mm -hmm. the race, or when you chuck flares at drivers.
1: on. Yes. Yeah, let's not throw flares at humans thank you okay anyway
0: but this circuit is really cool in my opinion because it's the only one we get that has true banking and that's always cool this is a really high downforce track which is why pirelli is bringing their hardest tires and i know it's been a while since we talked about tires so to just put all of our brains back where we were uh, basically at Silverstone last year they brought not last year sorry last month it feels like a year ago at this point and we're starting a new season but we're not max is ahead by a bajillion points and i wish we could reset them like we reset our predictions but uh they brought new tire makeups to silverstone these tire makeups are stronger uh that's great and all except that we haven't had any tire dag really all season which means that racing has been despite the fact that Red Bull's in the lead by a lot, like you, the more the tires degrade, the more interesting races are because you get more pit stops, more strategy decisions, et cetera, et cetera. All right, if you forgot, you're all caught up now. So Pirelli's bringing the hardest, least likely to degrade tires to this race. But that is because uh, I think the only tracks that eat tires more all season is like Silverstone. And that's Mm -hmm. because Silverstone's such high load through the tires. Uh-huh. So if you're looking for what teams are likely to do well here, I would look to the results of Silverstone. And basically any team that doesn't have issues with tire Tiredag will probably go better at the track this year.
1: Are we avoiding team names just to not jinx anything? Oh, no, chance. no, no. I just okay. was,
0: like, introing, and then I... <laughs> as soon as you were
1: like, teams that did good at Silverstone, I was like, are we just trying to not say certain people's names?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Like, McLaren and Mercedes should uh, do well here. Uh, Ferrari, probably not. But, you know, throw the wrench in the whole thing that the last time I checked the weather, it's supposed to rain all weekend.
1: So... When is it not? It's not... Wait, it's just... Oh, but F1 race, it's gonna rain...
0: Look, I live in Southern California. We had a wildfire that was put out by a hurricane and then an earthquake. Like global warming is a thing, people. And the least, the, you know, on my lowest priority of frustrations, but is still a frustration, is the way that we've had the rainiest F1 season, I think in 50 years. It's
1: crazy. I'm... But it's still
0: frustration. <laughs> I'm annoyed. But, you know, global warming, like, bigger issues. But, like, on the micro scale of issues, like, I'm a little tired of rain on an F1 weekend.
1: What's your guesstimate of pit stop strategy? Is Pirelli anticipating, like, a two, three stop, maybe? Mostly likely a two stop, probably, right?
0: So I haven't read what Pirelli is predicting, um like always i know the teams are gonna try to make anything into a one-stop they possibly can because teams want to pit as little as possible um i'm curious what uh dutch gp 2022 normally i look this up i'm rusty because it's been
1: a month this is live we'll do it live it's live research live research is happening Live I'm curious Googling.
0: what, um, was last year a one-stop or a two-stop? I can't remember.
1: I believe it was mostly a two-stop. I think awesome. there was like a, uh, but there was a, there was a safety car. So like that also
0: it throws, you know,
1: year. like a wrench in the thing. Yeah,
0: It was a one-stop for most drivers last year. Sick. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Latifi pit twice. Daniel Ricciardo pit twice. You remember all last season when McLaren would just completely shaft Daniel Ricciardo on the pit stop strategy for yeah. like a myriad yes. of reasons? I unfortunately
1: um. am unable to forget.
0: Oh, wait. No, no, no. It looks like... Am I wrong? No, no, no. Okay. I am wrong. It definitely... there's. It was a two-stopper last year, but <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo, I think, did
1: three. Sick. Sounds I'm, right. Yeah. I'm trying to... I know that there's
0: someone listening right now who's just screaming through this entire thing. But, yes, there were multiple pit stops last year. I would say that, like, whatever happened last year seems to be happening again this year as, like, a general rule of thumb. Or there's less. Like, there's not going to be more pit stops than last year because the tires seem to be holding up better.
1: Oh, so you just meant in terms of tires and not just that. Every single thing in the... Like, same way, shape, or form as last year is just happening again.
0: Wait, so, the, Well, the podium last year was Max, George, Charles. And I think that's highly unlikely and not what either of us said in our predictions that all these people will hear next. So you can now know that neither of us picked George for P2 or Charles for P3. Um Sergio Perez was p5 I think I have completely blacked out last year's Dutch GP from my memory because I'll all I remember is that someone flew through a flare on the track at Lewis Hamilton and then the rest of the weekend was a
1: wash yeah yeah that sounds sounds about right well wow what an exciting race to be ending the summer shutdown with yay I hate
0: being this pessimistic I, the reality is I think this circuit is really, really cool and the banking is cool and the shots we're going to get of that. And if you, I keep saying the word banking, but I probably should explain it, that basically the track rotates to the right or the left a little bit, whatever direction it does. So instead of the car going flat, the car goes like at an angle.
1: It, yeah. It's like, it makes me think of like snowboarders or like skateboarders. Yes. Like, Yeah
0: that's exactly what it is um if you're a fan of like american racing it's like an oval like ovals are generally banked for nascar
1: or Um, if you're a fan of the car cinematic universe
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) that as well (laughs) the (laughs) lightning mcqueen right around the (laughs) exactly
1: 100 percent. that's literally what i thought of as soon as i was like right yeah american racing (laughs)
0: Um, I, I went more practical you went more fun i like right. your sounds mind.
1: right sounds <laughs> on brand
0: <laughs> um but we don't normally get to see f1 cars do that especially because the banking is no longer at monza um, and these cars are so crazy high downforce so the fact that they don't have to lift when their car is <laughs> practically sideways is really cool from a spec spectacle perspective so remember that when max is ahead by 60 seconds
1: spectacle perspective say that 10 B-B-B- times B-B-B- fast. <laughs> yeah, i couldn't
0: even say it once
1: anyway. <laughs> i know but i lost this is my punishment uh, oh my god i'm gonna fall and die please though. don't fall <laughs> like literally this this may be more of a hazard because this is like i think you might be able to combine our ages and this may be older you know? So that's quirky. <laughs> <sighs>
0: All right. I will start the intro, I guess, when you start exercising. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're picking up momentum. It doesn't even, is this, I don't even think it turns on. There's no plug. <laughs> I don't know. Life cycle. Hello.
0: Welcome to uh, our first predictions post-summer break. Uh, If you've never seen an episode of Gridwalk before, we make predictions for every single Grand Prix and sprints included and we tally up the points and Nicole is currently paying off the bet for the first half of the season, which is that she had to do this segment uh, on an exercise bike because I won the predictions with 56 points and Nicole had 36.
1: This is, this just feels bizarre um this does not normally
0: exercise while we record the podcast yeah no
1: i'm just very aware of like a lot of things happening (laughs) right now um yeah losing sucks um but we're spicing up our picks this time around so maybe i'll have some better luck this time we'll see i'm who knows i hope so because this is not fun i feel silly i feel super silly
0: now, our picks weren't super far off, like, despite the final score. Like, most weeks, we were really similar. I just destroyed with my Miami and Monaco picks.
1: Yeah, that definitely, you had some weekends that were, like, strangely lucky with the yeah. way that F1 works and functions, um, and I consistently, I don't, I never picked another driver besides Max to win, so, like, I always had those points guaranteed, but not enough so so
0: we're resetting we're both back to zero now maybe the luck will swing um we're changing up what we're picking but i think we should also establish that we have a bet for this one too so for the rest of the season now the loser between the two of us will have to do an ice bath like the drivers do before the race
1: (laughs) that's definitely worse than this I don't want to lose again, but I guess, like, losing... I've already lost, so... But an ice bath sucks, so... Yeah, it
0: really... I'm not excited. I think we both agreed to it because we're both cocky enough to think, like, ah, I'm not going to (laughs) lose. The other person will have to do that.
1: I believe in a comeback.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... This time around, uh, we're both tired of having to say Max Verstappen is going to win every race. So, until F1, the environment of F1 changes, we're not going to be picking P1 anymore. And you can all infer that it's because we have Max every week. So instead, we're going to pick the rest of the podium. So we're going to pick P2 and P3 each week. We're going to still pick P10 every week because we think it's one of the more fun picks we do. Uh, But we're going to add on two other new ones, one being uh, the last finisher. So we're not talking about P20. If you DNF, it doesn't count. It's the last person to finish the race. And then we're going to pick the team um, who scores the most points that is not Red Bull every week, which is essentially our way of picking who do we think is going to uh, take a step forward for P2. Um, throughout the rest of the season. Cause that's really what we're rooting for overall.
1: It's what the, the, the F1 battle that we can actually be rooting for at this point is that P2, whatever that can be. And you know, last to finish just felt like picking the opposite of picking Max every single week. So <laughs> I think it'll be really funny to see how that evolves this second half of the season.
0: And the field, Red Bull not included. Like, I think the bottom four or five teams are pretty close. And it depends, it's more circuit specific on what team is the worst. And then I think, um, even though we would definitely say the Alphatari is the worst car overall, but that doesn't mean they're always guaranteed to be in last. And then, right. um, I similarly, I think the Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren battle is decently close and it's circuit specific so we're trying to design our picks to make sure they're interesting and different every week so you don't have to tune in to a prediction show where we just say yeah max is gonna win whatever (laughs) every week
1: we want to avoid doing that and we did that for the first you know half of our episodes but no more but we're still probably we're we're predicting it we're just not saying it (laughs)
0: And I am making this intro decently long to extend the amount of time that Nicole needs to sit there No, I'm like, can we just pick? Bike.
1: Like, I'm looking at my picks on paper because I have to, you know, be exercising while doing this. And I feel like I'm sweating, which feels dumb. There's just not, I don't know, there's no air conditioning. I don't know what, this is torture. I hate this. This is th- but right. like the opposite of what an ice bath would be. So just know, if I lose, or if I win and you lose, I will remember this.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Oh. For sure. There's no way that I would have to do a ice bath and you wouldn't like make me do it for like 10 minutes. I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> With how much I've destroyed.
1: That sounds super painful. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see when yeah, we, we see. get there.
0: Yep. I still um, have, to, so we have to get through this. I will say that if you spent this entire time just listening to us on audio, I would recommend going and watching this over on youtube because this is a visual payoff with what we have here but we hope we did a good job describing it all right now let's get into it nicole who do you have for p2 for the dutch gp
1: so i feel like you know what i'm just going in with positivity i've already lost even though i said i'm trying but to this avoid is no, we're zero zero you should no, no no but like you know when you i feel like once you have like we're going in it was fresh it was our first predictions competition and like I've already lost so I don't have to fear the losing again besides it being an ice bath but I'm going in with a hopeful pick so we may want hope alarm but you know what I don't care because my P2 pick is Lewis Hamilton
0: if I were to give you a hope alarm I would also have to give myself a hope (laughs) alarm because I
1: also put Lewis at P2 Yay! Joint delusion! Delulu! Or maybe not. I I really kind of don't feel like it.
0: Well, the Dutch circuit is a high downforce circuit. And I do think that this is going to be one of those races where McLaren takes a step up versus Spa. And I, oh, disclaimer, we're doing this pick. These picks before we've heard any news about who's bringing upgrades and what those upgrades are. But I do, so I, I think the Mercedes car will do decently well at this track. And if I'm going to pick one of the cars to do decently well with zero upgrade information, I'm going to pick Lewis. So, you know, this yeah. has been a long summer break and I need some happiness.
1: Wow, great. Surprise. Same brain space on this one. Uh, who do you have for P3? Uh,
0: Sergio Perez.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: I think he's going to continue his streak of not doing awful, but doing worse than he should.
1: In my brain, I have him in a P4 place, even though we're not picking that anymore. My, mm-hmm. I was like, going into this thinking like, that's who I would have there because my P3, I think it's gonna happen. It would be fun to watch it happen. Oscar Piastri, P3 finish.
0: Uh... I would love if that happened. That would be so fun.
1: Right, I would love to see it. He's getting closer. It keeps almost happening or something almost there. I mean, we saw the point zero one one seconds gap from Max and whatever, sprint race, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it'll happen. Would just be great news, fun headline to see great F1 story of him getting that podium celebration.
0: I agree. I hope you are right and I'm wrong. <laughs> that is my goal. Um, okay, I think we should do... A team that is not Red Bull that scores the most points at the Dutch GP. Who do you have?
1: Mercedes.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As as, like, let's get that out of the way. We both put Lewis P2. We're both picking Mercedes.
1: Yeah, like cool. George should finish in the points and math. P10. I'm gonna say I have a hopeful P10 again. But again, we're manifesting some fun, manifesting good things. I have Alex Albon in P10. Ooh. At
0: this high downforce circuit?
1: Ah, uh, I don't know. You never know. I don't know. I went with Alex Albon. I just wanted an Alex pick. And now you can share your P10. I I
0: have Lance in P10.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, Hopefully a, a point finish for Lance would be nice.
0: Yeah, I think of the top teams, like I think McLaren jumps Aston and Ferrari here, and so it just it felt it felt like the right decision, even though mm-hmm. I hope he's higher than Pita. Right. But oof, Alex Alvon, Nicole.
1: I don't know. You know, sometimes you just feel like having a little bit of a wild pick, and that's literally what I'm yeah. doing. I well, know. I know. Then we're doing last to finish.
0: Last to finish. <laughs> so, in contracts to you thinking there's going to be a Williams in the points. I have Logan Sargent as the last to
1: finish. So I also have Logan Sargent as last to finish because if I'm gonna be really silly somewhere, I'll be really realistic somewhere. And how hysterical would it be if somehow Alex Album works the magic of a P-10 and then Logan was last to finish. I did pick Logan yeah, last to finish fair. and saw the opportunity to do the Alex bit, but didn't want to, like, ruin it right okay. away. That's kind of what yeah. led me to my Alex P-type, just for the fun I, of it.
0: Yeah, I was alternating between it being a Williams or a Haas mm-hmm. as the last to finish, and then the decision, the decision split was because I think the Haas is more likely to DNF
1: right and that's the tricky part of this of the likelihood of not finishing and just finishing last it's like really like so impossible to pick it's such the opposite of picking max because you're like yep we know that one, this one we don't know will they cross the finish line or will it be a reliability problem who knows
0: yeah i like that we have somehow developed a group of picks here That in a sport that sometimes feels so pre-decided, we're like, how like how random and wild can we select our picks to be so they are as unpredecided as F1 could possibly be? Ah,
1: You need evidence, it's right here, baby.
0: (laughs) Alex Albod P10.
1: With Logan P20 something. I don't know. Last. (laughs) Last. Oh, All I right. could use an ice bath now. I feel warm.
0: <laughs> well, we're back to zero zero. Uh, definitely let us know in the comments below who you think had the better predictions this week. And
1: uh, happy F1's return. Happy F1 return, end of summer break. Holy moly.
0: All right, the tire is back. But we've switched up the topics this week. Because there's, admittedly, we've entered the part of Silly Season Rumors where we've talked about all of it. There just needs to be an announcement. So the tire's still here, but we've switched up the topics this week. Because we've hit the part of Silly Season where it's just, we've entered insane rumor territory. There's no new news coming out. There might be a thing or two in the L sector notes later to update you on, but that's it. So what we have on the tire of topics this week are a bunch of silly season events that actually did happen last year and we think that midway through the season is a good time to do our first reflection on whether or not these silly season moves from 2022 were good moves that were made let's spin let's
1: spin or <laughs> we need to sh- uh, let's share what's on
0: yeah, I guess I should tell everyone what's on the wheel. And uh, we're not going to get to all of these today, but hopefully we had some good ones. So Sergio Perez signed an extension, which I didn't think about much at the time, but I'm now thinking about a lot. Uh, Colton Herta almost became an F1 driver. Uh, Seb retired, which led to Alonzo moving to Aston Martin. Uh, the Oscar Piastri saga. Uh, Gasly moved to Alpine. Uh, Ben, which also includes the Daniel Ricciardo exit, I guess, a little bit as well in there. I don't know.
1: connected.
0: Yeah. Um, Benoto was fired, and Nico Hulkenberg replaced Mick Schumacher. Of course, this isn't everything that happened last year. It was a very eventful year. Uh, but just some highlights. Let's spin the tire! Spin
1: the tire, spin the tire, spin the tire. And... The end is very
0: dramatic. Colton Hurta! I think we spent about three weeks of last year in Silly Season wondering, will Colton Hurta get a super license exception to be able to drive for Alphatari? And he obviously didn't. And Alphatari went with Nick DeVries instead. What are your thoughts and feelings six months later on how that all panned out?
1: Well, Nick DeVries (laughs) is no longer driving. (laughs) So, I mean, my opinion, um, as someone that loves Daniel Ricardo, um, I, I don't necessarily wish that this played out in a different way. Right now, I'm feeling pretty good mm-hmm. as a Daniel Ricardo fan, but that's nothing against Colton Hurta. Um But it, I remember last year being like, "Is that exception going to happen?" And then once all went down. It did also feel like that Nick DeVries was going to be like the golden child of like the following year after doing so many like drivings of different teams and stuff. None of that played out at all in the way that we thought. Um, so it's just so interesting to think that like it just could have never been Nick in the first place. Right. And uh, Colton Herta could have been an F1. Who knows what difference that could have been. That's a right. crazy thing.
0: Yeah, two things hold true. I guess this would be a year later-ish, give or take. Um, The super license system in this case is still dumb because Colton Herta is fast enough and good enough at the race car things that he should be able to drive an F1 if someone wanted him to drive an F1. Whole thing's still dumb. Also things that hold true is that, like, I like rooting for Colton Herta. Glad he's not with Red Bull. And, like, I think... And to your point about like Nick DeVries, I don't think it really mattered who ended up in that second Alphatari seat. I think it was it got to a point where Red Bull just didn't like any of their options. And it I think there was a scenario I don't I think there are very few scenarios where we didn't end up with a Daniel Ricardo in that seat. Because at this point, they were still, like, their initial plan was to still have Pierre in that seat, which also doesn't make sense as their development team. Like, this whole thing, like, upon reflection, the Alpha Tari seat coming into this year was going to be a mess. Was a mess back then. Wow, Colton dodged a bullet.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I. You also wouldn't have been able to see Colton at the Long Beach GP, which True. would have been sad. Um Yeah. yeah. Happy that... For a lot of reasons that Colton didn't end up in the AlphaTauri seat, so I think we'll be interesting to see if like we ever get Colton in F one at all. Now, who knows? If I don't we want to, don't like, jump over to our other topics just yet.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I, and I'm not going to talk. We won't talk about Colton because we're just going to talk about Alex below. But I, Colton is one of those like generational fast race car drivers, and he's so young. I think he's. 21 22 still so if Colton Herta never ends up with a legitimate shot in F1 like a supported shot in F1 like I will be very disappointed not that like not having that like, like he could still have a fantastic career over in IndyCar like they're completely different series I just would like to see him in an F1 car at some point and I hope that it's a legitimate real shot when it happens
1: yeah, just to see what he can do. Confirmed he is a, a 2000s baby. He is a 23-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> in 2000s? 2000s. I'm like, "Oh my goodness. Gracious. <laughs> but yeah, really Walker. Yeah. I mean,
0: Andretti has always said that if they have an F1 team, he's their driver. So, I think that's going hand in hand. But uh let's spin the wheel again.
1: Please, let's spin the wheel again. We can't start talking about Andretti now.
0: Okay, spin two of our 2022 Reflection on Silly Season. Come on, wheel. I don't even know what I'm rooting for. It's all so spicy.
1: I know what I'm rooting for. And I'm not gonna get it, but this is a fun <laughs> time. Mattia Bonotto
0: is out as Ferrari's team principal. Fred Vassor was in as Ferrari's team or new team principal. Wow. I I don't even want to admit what my brain was going to say there. (laughs) I'm tired. This was by the time this actually happened, this felt inevitable, but going from competing I mean, fake competing for a world championship, because we all knew it was pretty fake, to then everyone pretending like it wasn't fake, to him getting, like, this whole thing. Ferrari last year was a thing, and he ended up being the fall man. So upon reflection, was this a good firing? How did you, let me rephrase that. How did you feel at the time, and how do you
1: feel upon reflection now a year later? When they first started talking about these rumors of Edna Mode getting fired, I remember both of us being like, no way. There is no way Ferrari's going to actually do it. And then by the time it actually happened, we were like, oh, my God. I mean, like, (laughs) finally took long enough. It just, I don't, and how do I feel about it now? I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like anything has changed drastically Like, for Ferrari, I think Fred Vashor is a really fun personality in the paddock and in interviews. But in terms of, like, where Ferrari's at, a lot of it feels the same.
0: I think none of my feelings about this have changed. My feeling at the time was, I understand why he was fired and why Ferrari felt like they needed a fall guy. But I never thought Benotto was, like, the problem. And when they... I agree that my feeling now is Fred Vessor is a great personality and he might make changes at Ferrari, but I still don't believe that Benotto was the Ferrari problem. Like, I think Ferrari just has an institutional problem that whether or not Fred is able to change, like, I, I don't think like, oop new fall guy. Like, we'll see who it is in two years. Um, it is so hard to evaluate team principle uh changes because we are just seeing like i would say this last ferrari upgrade and the one that we should be getting they said around austin are going to be the first upgrades to the car that we're under not been out of. and then next year's car is really how we're going to evaluate fred's technical leadership and I, it's so hard, like, even he's hired a big name from Mercedes that doesn't get to come to the team until 2025. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it was successful, but I know Ferrari still has issues.
1: Yeah, I I love the sport and all of the ways that it makes right. almost basically no sense. Um <laughs> <laughs> Right. It will be really interesting if and when, like, Bonotto's announced as replacing Otmar and Alpine, but then, literally, to your point, maybe all of the changes that we're seeing will just be what Otmar had in plans for 2024, and, like, when will be, we'll be able to really see, like, what was Bonotto, and which was Ottmar and, like, same over at Ferrari of, like, what was Vessor, and what was Bonotto, but even still, if, like, right now, what we're looking at in terms of, like, upgrades for Ferrari was Bonotto, then, like, really it hasn't been anything unbelievably impressive at all. So maybe it was a good move. I think there's still, like, so much in time that would have to determine if this was a good decision. And honestly, I don't know if we'll ever really have the answer because, to your point, Ferrari likes to find a fall guy, and I think they pointed at Bonotto for a lot of problems that, like, weren't solely him.
0: I will say that the first... Well, I'll say that there... Everything Fred says to the public... Like, I like that he's... Uh, his PR strategy is different and better. Like, I like that even if he's not saying anything, he's not lying. Like, mm. I think the PR strategy, which comes, like, I think there's a overall messaging that the team principal will implement. Like, hey, here's our general strategy, but it is pitched by a complete communications team. So I just want to be clear that this is not just on the team principal. But a lot under Edma uh, M- Mode's, Like, that whole year was just him lying through his teeth, and that becomes grating and frustrating and, like, do you really think us as the public are stupid? Whereas at least now, Vasor is very, like, I'm not going to tell you that. And we're like, well, you know, you didn't lie to me. Like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Like, we're going to try to win this weekend. Like, if anyone was going around this season saying we're actually going to win, like, we would just be laughing at them. And that's what we were laughing at Ferrari for last year. So that's improved. And I think the real thing we could judge him on is how he is going to handle the upcoming contract negotiation with Charles, because I understand that Leclerc has said, "Like I'm Ferrari, I'm Ferrari, but I'm sure he has people in his camp that are realists. Like, can they keep him happy is going to be a big part, I think, of the first thing that we're going to be able to judge him on.
1: And time will tell. And at the end of this spin is a great time to tell any new listeners of Gridwalk that we like to call Mattia Bonotto Edna Mode. Yes. And I think we have time for another spin.
0: I agree. Let's do it. Uh, third spin, but Nicole teased that there's one she wants. So Nicole, as this spins, what's the one you're hoping for?
1: I really want to talk about Seb.
0: Oh, the wheel didn't listen to you.
1: Yeah, it does. Actually, that's not true. Mm-hmm. There was one we could listen to at this time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes the wheel really listens to you. That's why I said you should shout it as it was spinning. Uh, but what it landed on was Pierre Gasly's move to Alpine. So recap, if you know, you're know you newer to F1 here, uh, Pierre Gasly did get the call up after his rookie season to the big Red Bull seat. Um, Max destroyed him. It was a little bit of a disaster. He mid-season got swapped with Alex Albon. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of why it was a disaster, but it's well documented. You can look it up. Um, Since then, he's been at Alphatari. He's won a race at Alphatari. And I think we could all see his career sputtering out, but it was very clear that he was never going to get the promotion back to the Red Bull team. So the opportunity arose when Alpine messed everything up last year and they bought him out of his Alphatari contract. And he is now... An Alpine driver. Uh, so I think there's two angles to look at this um, from the team perspective and from Gasly's perspective. So I'm going to start with the Alpine perspective. Alpine lost Alonso and Oscar Piastri and they gained a Pierre Gasly. So in your opinion, Nicole, do you think, um, what were your thoughts at the time about Alpine basically mitigating their losses here? And what are your thoughts now about
1: how this has worked out? Uh, so I did definitely feel like last year, given, I mean, we didn't hit the Oscar Piastri of it all, but God, if you don't know what happened with Oscar Piastri, am I so jealous of everything that you get to go Google after listening to this. Yeah. Um, but it definitely seemed like Alpine was maybe kind of in like a little bit of a panic of like, Oh my God, Oh my God, who are we going to put here? We need someone to put here. And I'm sure like Pierre is very like willing to jump and move i don't know it definitely felt like a hasty rush hire of wanting to get someone in the seat with experience um i just remembered my initial thoughts being like oh no ST bestie has to be a teammate with his frenemy was like the first thing that i ever thought um and not necessarily like wow alpine made a great move here in picking right Uh, So that was never necessarily my first thought of it all. How did you foresee the Alpine move? of things? Well,
0: yeah, I mean, Alpine was a joke last season, so much so that it makes all the jokingness from this season look more competent than the joke last season. Uh, I really felt like when they were actually able to buy Gasly out of his Red Bull contract, I felt like that was the best possible outcome at that point. And I I really felt like they took a horrible losing situation and made some really sour lemonade, but at least it was lemonade kind of like you could at least like they were able to go out there and say look we got this French driver and look how marketable he is and like everything's great and now both of our drivers are race winners and they said all these great things and they were at least able to attempt to try to spin it and I think if they put anyone who wasn't Pierre Gasly at that point in that seat that was an option on the table I don't think they would have been able to spin it which is why I think it was on the team side worth every single penny that they paid to Red Bull to get this to happen. Um that first now? Uh, now I think it's turned out kind of exactly how I thought it would. Um I'm not high on Gasly's driving capabilities. Like I don't think he's slow, like it's not about that, but I don't think he's a world caliber world champion caliber driver. Um, I think he likes to crash into his teammate I think he's a little hot-headed I think when you're in an upper midfield team which I will never foresee until Alpine proves otherwise that they're anything other than that there's such an element of you just need to do your job with your like nose down and like just get the points and this season has been very up and down for him and it's I haven't seen that out of him, but also the engine's like to explode because it's the Renault engine. So, who knows? Like I I think with everything else going on at Alpine, I stand by how I felt at the time, which is this was the making the best they possibly could after already messing everything up. What about you? How have you felt about Gasly
1: at Alpine this year? So, I the one thing that's been like ringing true is like in like recent quotes from Pierre he has labeled this his most, his unluckiest season in F1. Hmm. He was removed from the Red Bull seat mid-season. hmm So, like, that's just where, like, just reading that quote, I'm immediately like, I would disagree with you if you want to, like, just not be pointing the blame at yourself for mistakes that you had made and be saw- calling, like, other things unlucky Those situations, probably not this season, would have been your unluckiest. (laughs) But, yeah, it's... I I feel like it was a good marketing move for Alpine at the time. I didn't necessarily think there would be much from it. I would love to see SD Bestie outperform Pierre More, but that's also just because I'm an SD Bestie fan. I would like to see him outperform his teammate. Yeah, um my bad for yuki must be lonely without pierre
0: yeah but now he has daniel and ricardo
1: right and they seem like they have fun but it's not they do pierre and yuki you know right That's yeah my away. poor yuki out of all of it
0: i just you know we came into this season expecting uh esteban and pierre to like be crashing into each other more than pierre has already crashed into esteban or like creating a ruckus and everyone was like it's gonna be the next nico and uh a uh, Hamilton thing and blah blah blah, and like the reality is the rest of Alpine's on fire and Esteban and Pierre are just trying to navigate through the chaos. So I wonder if, like I know that he really built this for himself as like I'm finally stepping up to like a, a works team again and just unfortunately that works team is Alpine. So oh I, I wonder how he's feeling, like I wonder if he misses Alphatari.
1: He misses Yuki. I don't think he misses Alphatari. F1 teams are returning to work. Oh great, that's recorded forever. Oop! Someone <laughs> got a text. I editing Brianna. Uh, yellow Scepter. Oh my God,
0: Wawa me. is sponsoring at NASCAR's feeder series. They're so car. pretty. They're so pretty. I like don't. I ah. <sighs>
1: Also, female driver! I know! Shout out Wawa. Not that we needed more reasons to love Wawa. I'm also currently without Wawa, although I am closer than you are. But, yeah.
0: Oh my god, yeah, you're right.
1: right. There's none on Long Island.
0: Yeah. Is there one in the city? I don't think Mm -mm. so. No.
1: Because why would there be a gas station?
0: Okay, but most Wawa's are not gas stations in your area?
1: But, like, there were all... I mean, in my area, it's, new, what, New Jersey? I don't, I don't go there.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, New Jersey, like, the Wawa's in the tri-state area right. mostly are not gas stations.
1: Right. Yeah. I went to the one in Princeton that was also in the train. I don't know. It was very yeah. fancy. We are not talking yeah, about so, anything okay. necessary <laughs>
0: notes. I wonder if I'll keep any of that tomorrow. Hello, future Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Yellow Sector Notes, not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock, hitting every F1 garage, because we're back from summer break, so I do have at least something to say about every F1 team. Adrian Newey, currently the Red Bull Technical Director and the former McLaren Technical Director, if you look back in history, if McLaren was fast, it was probably Newey, if Red Bull was fast, it was probably Newey. He wore a McLaren hat and caused the entire internet to just melt down. (laughs) Lance Stroll drove the prototype Aston Martin Endurance racing car, the Valkyrie, at tr- a track in Portugal this week. Alpine has no real news. I think that's just because they're trying to figure out who's in charge of the team after firing everyone right before summer shutdown. VV is going to be launching a wine brand soon. Rumors are swirling around about the Haas driver seats for next season. Either both t- drivers are secure, both drivers are not secure. One is leaving and another one's needing. I've seen every headline. Similarly, there's rumors going around that Charles Leclerc's contract extension is gonna be announced at the Italian GP. If there is one. Again, rumors, I don't, I don't know. There continues to be discussions of Alphatari moving their base from Italy next to next to Red Bull in the UK next season, which is opening up a lot of questions about the legality of that. Williams team principal James Vow says, five-year plans are pointless, and the max you should plan for is three which seems like a direct stab at Alpine, but he didn't directly say that. I'm just reading into that. Zach Brown told ESPN this week that their new wind tunnel is fully online. And last but not least, Lewis Hamilton continues to be the GOAT. The FIA is now conducting an internal review of all their verbiage across all the regulations and all their series to make it gender neutral after Hamilton pointed out that the regulations still refer to drivers using only the heat. That is the gridwalk for August 24th, 2023 completed. How is my sector time today, Nicole?
1: Faster than F1 teams are returning to work after summer break.
0: Give us some news.
1: It's so quiet right now. I can't.
0: Scary quiet. Like, scary
1: quiet. Something's yeah. brewing.
0: Uh-huh. Where are those cost cap news?
1: Oh, boy. They want <laughs> us to forget, and we haven't. Thank you as always to voiceover man and our four-legged executive producers and a big no thanks to the inventor of bike seats. Why are they so uncomfortable on actual bikes, on exercise bikes? I demand answers. We don't need to live like this in 2023. If you are an audio listener, don't forget to follow, turn on auto-downloads, rate and review the pod. It'll take you two seconds. If you're watching on YouTube, what's up, cool cats? Subscribe, like the video, leave us a comment letting us know which one of us is taking an ice bath in November. Brianna, put it out in the universe. It's going to be Brianna. All of these things really, really help other people find our podcast, share it with your friends. We really appreciate you spreading the word about Gridwalk. Join us for daily grid walks on every single social media platform that you can find Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, threads. We are at Grid Show everywhere you can find us. We will be back to walk the Formula One grid every single Thursday, and we seriously hope that you join us. Today felt like a grid bank's turn and not. <laughs>